Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Autism. It is February and we are here with a brand new episode. I am Misha Davy and this is my co-host. I am Christelle. Hello, Christelle. Howdy there, partner. How are you this week? How is the hell of lockdown for you? Oh, I'm good this week, thank you. Lockdown is just pain in my woohoo <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> yeah it's just it, you know when you're so over it i'm so over it we can't so even talk over about it. it so anyone can we really no it's so over it it's does anybody so... want to hear about it <laughs> that's all you hear about isn't it you turn on your own news that's all you hear about you go to work that's all you talk about <laughs> you speak to your family on the phone that's all you talk about when is the blimmin lockdown gonna be done but yeah i think it's just it's a bit boring now but just trying to think of when will this end when will life go back to normal when would homeschooling be a thing of the past but at least christelle each week you're here with me bringing you so much joy and sunshine to your life and this (laughs) week i've got a really interesting guest for us so this week we have got tom and tom has worked he's a little bit of a celebrity he's worked on sets with little mix i love little mix i feel like i should have been in little mix honestly I think you could have been. And things like Come Dine With Me and things like that. He's a love Come Dine With Me. Love Come Dine With Me. I love Come Dine With Me. What would you make though, Christelle? What would you make? What would be your meals? So you've got your starter, (sighs) your main course and your dessert. What would you make? I don't know what I'd make as a starter. Because you know, obviously at home, you don't really cook like that, do you? You don't really make a starter and main meal and dessert. Main meal. You've never sat down your partner and been all romantic on, I don't know, Valentine's Day or something gone. No. Anniversary. I've been like, no. Come on. What's your speciality? What's your dish? Dish. I don't know. Oh, I love a bit of jollof rice, you know, bit of jollof. Never had that, Christelle. Oh, go make it for you. Don't worry. When lockdown's finished. Is that Congolese (laughs) again? So is that. No, that's a nut. That's a Nigerian dish, but I think many different um, cultures do cook it in their own way. Um, but I learned that from my husband's culture. Um, I do like a bit of uh, madesu, which is basically butter beans in like a tomato stew. I like that. Yeah, I like butter beans. Yeah, I, lo- I love that. And uh, you can't go wrong with macaroni and cheese, can you? Some people can, but I love macaroni and cheese. Plantain, as we mentioned last week, the banana, a bit of coleslaw. And you know what? I like—I don't know how you guys pronounce it in um in English, but you know, gratin, potato gratin. We say gratin in my life. Is that when you have potato with the cheese, dauphinois, and the double cream? I don't know. Um, we call dauphinois potatoes. That's where. Well, I don't <laughs> oh. know. It might have a different name, but when I was working in, I used to work in uh, restaurants as a waitress and a uh, miller and cart restaurant. And it was dauphinois potatoes. So I was like, what's these? Dolphin potatoes? Dolphin <laughs> potatoes? What are they? And they were like, no, you pronounce it dauphinois. And I was like, okay, Dauphin- Fred. Dauphinois. Fred was um, our French chef and he was like, Michelle, trying to sing it. Just, you don't say it dagnum. You don't say it dolphin <laughs> potatoes. It's dauphinois. Probably still said it wrong. Yeah, Sorry, I think. Fred. So we're speaking to Tom today. Tom is same age as us, Christelle, class of 2002, 1985, 1986 babies. So we are going to speak to Tom, who's only just in the last year actually recognised that he's autistic. Wow. So let's find out more about Tom. A 
And on Let's Talk Autism this week, we are very, very pleased to welcome Tom. Hiya, Tom. Thank you so much for coming on and speaking to us today. Now, I did sort of start hounding you on a Facebook autism site, like I do, a little bit of stalking going on there, just saying, oh, that's really interesting because you put up a few posts and uh, I was intrigued to hear more of your story. Where do you want to start? So you are... Very young, like me and Christelle, but still a little bit, you know, on the downward slope in a way to 40 here. So we're all (laughs) near enough 35. I'm 35 on the 8th, so in a couple of days. So this will air on your birthday. So we should say happy birthday, Tom. Yes, here is your (laughs) present from Let's Talk Autism to you. How fitting. Because this time last year, Tom, when it was was your birthday. Nearly my birthday again. Yeah, you didn't. (laughs) Funnily enough, you didn't know you were autistic though, did you? No, um, yeah, new to knowing I'm autistic, but obviously not new to being autistic. So tell us a little bit about the chain of events, I guess, that come about to you realising actually you are autistic. It's a bit of a mad one because it sort of it started off when I was still at Sony Music and I've been there for 18 months and it was just I just couldn't do it anymore. Like the the everyday sort of nine to five or sort of days that we'd be doing in so I'm, I'm fine when we're on set shooting because it's like a sort of busy, interesting atmosphere. But when we're just in the office, I just couldn't deal with it. It makes you feel a bit deficient because you're kind of watching everyone else quite... E- I mean, it's, it's quite a high stress environment anyway, so everyone's a little bit highly strong. But people are just kind of doing it every day and not having an issue with it. And me really, really struggling with it to the point where I had to leave. And you yeah. sort of think... And I sort of reached a kind of a stress threshold that I just couldn't deal with anymore. And I'm quite out of touch with what I'm feeling anyway. So like for me to feel stress means that I've already gone past a point where I should have stopped. And then so I went freelance for a bit. And then my girlfriend's American. We applied for a partnership visa. She was on work visas, which have been getting difficult now. They've The government's clamped down on them. So we went for a, a partnership visa, which we met all the criteria, like and then some, but it got rejected. So that was quite stressful because she got stopped on the way back from Paris by the border security there who were threatening to deport her back to America. And we both live in London, so that wasn't ideal. So that kind of got ironed out and it was a bit of a misunderstanding, but it was because our visa had been rejected. So they caught her at the border. So then we started this like quite lengthy appeal process, which was, you know, that was stressful and quite expensive. And then we finally, we had a court date and then in sort of like a Disney moment on Christmas Eve, we got the email through saying that we'd won the appeal. So that was Christmas. We started back at work and then I got a phone call from my mum saying that they'd found a tumour on her. And then it turned out to be a sarcoma, which is a particularly rare kind of cancer. Um, and it's really aggressive. And it she died within a couple of months. Oh, so sorry. So then I went down to Cornwall for the funeral and then we ended up staying there for the whole lockdown. Came back to London and then my Dad got diagnosed with mesothelioma, which is from asbestos, which he'd got from building Reading Hospital, which is, you know, a stab of irony. And then that developed into a sarcoma and he died a couple of months later from that. So that was last year. I can't remember why. I think it was because my sister is studying HR um, and she part of the HR thing she was studying came up as MBTI, which is sort of like a, a personality typing kind of it's not really respected by psychology but it's kind of sort of like a, a more scientific take on astrology we're just playing with types and stuff like just something to do and it 
I typed as an ENTP. So I started looking into that and I was like, oh, actually, this is describing me quite well. So I kind of started kind of to distract myself from what was going with my dad digging into like psychology. And it kind of like led to this trail. And I, I went, I did an IQ test because I, like, oh, I wonder what it is, because I've always assumed I'm pretty average because yeah. everyone else around me is doing a lot easier. So I always assumed I was quite average. And then I got my IQ score back and it was quite a lot higher than I thought it would be. Oh, wow. In my head, in my mind, just turned around to me and was like, you know, that means you have absolutely no idea who you are, right? Because if you thought <laughs> you're average and you're not, your IQ is actually quite high, then what else don't I know about myself? Basically, my mind just collapsed. My dad's funeral was just the end of it. I just had a nervous breakdown. Started seeing a psychologist and then through that started looking at... It's actually like one of the, the main things that sort of triggered the realization was just looking at ADHD memes. And I was like, these are funny. These are funny. These are really relatable. And I was like, these are all really relatable. Like what's the actual symptoms of ADHD? So I started looking into it and I was like, this seems pretty, you know, <laughs> pretty looking. I was like, this is me. I'm, this is, I'm definitely ADHD. And then I was through reading about ADHD, found out the sort of correlation between ADHD and autism. And I started looking at, because a couple of years ago, my sister had picked up on it because I sort of, I mean, it's been missed by school, college, university, both my parents, any person that really picked up on it was my sister a couple of years ago. And she said, maybe have a look at it. And I was like, no chance. <laughs> it's like, I know what autism is. I'm not autistic. A lot happened since last year. So I'm so sorry about your mom and about your dad. Um, and it just seems like that was such a stressful time. So when everything got on top of you, because it's fair to say that you went through life living a pretty normal life, right? Um, and it's only when it got really, yeah, really stressful, that's when you said everything came crashing down. So how do you usually cope with stress? And what was the difference this time? I think looking back, because like my parents split when I was about five and then my dad moved to Reading and I lived with my mum in Cornwall. So I grew up, I mean, she never had any money. So like we, we grew up below the poverty level and then grew up on a council estate. So it's kind of, there's always been like money, poverty. And like, I went, I went to a really bad <laughs> okay. school and I just got bullied the entire time I was at school as well. So I kind of like, I just got used to like a certain level of stress being my baseline. It, it takes quite a lot to stress me out. So like when I'm on film sets, like one of the things I really enjoy about it and why I'm good at what I do is because when it's, like there's a lot of pressure and stress and where everyone else is usually quite stressed. I'm very calm. I don't really cope with stress normally. I just, I've learned to deal with like an amount of stress and it takes quite a lot to go past that. And I think it's why one of the reasons I never really realized because I was so used to being at that kind of level of anxiety that it yeah. felt normal for me. But then it took like such a seismic event. Like, you know, both your parents, like the leaving Sony from stress, the visa battle and then both my parents plus covid plus and when covid hit like me and my girlfriend's careers just ended overnight like, we were both end of the year before covid for both of us were really good years we'd really kind of like our careers were absolutely flying and then covid hit and she's a comedian so like all the comedy industry just stopped and then i'm a cinematographer and filming just stopped so it's yeah. just like so much on top of each other that it, i just couldn't it just hit a point where I couldn't deal with it. And now that you have been diagnosed with autism, looking back on life, do you understand, you know, why you felt at a place and do you pick up on things and think, oh, this is why that happened? Do you have them kind of moments? Oh, massively. Like it's just put my entire life into perspective. It's like so many times I can look back and be like, 
makes sense. That's why I couldn't go outside because the sun was too bright. <laughs> it's just, yeah. just like there's so many little things as well that you're just like, okay, right, yeah, okay. Yeah, really, it's and, been massively comforting. Is it a relief? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, massive relief. Because it's sort of like, because it got, when I started going through the diagnostic program, I was like, I actually really hope I am autistic because then it explains a lot. And if I'm not autistic, then mm, what is what's wrong? What's going on? Yeah. It's, it kind of reached a point where I was like, okay, I, because so through looking at MBTI stuff, it sort of made me realize how differently people experience the world mm-hmm. and thing. And they're sort of like, oh, okay, so everyone doesn't experience the world the same way as me. So how do yeah. they experience it? And you're like, oh, it's actually fairly radically different. But that's uh, for 34 years, I assumed that everyone had the same experience. Mm. So were you excited now? Because, you know, now you've got a diagnosis. Are you excited now thinking, okay, now I can tackle things differently and it's okay. I am, I mean, I am different. Uh, I don't know if I'm excited about it. It's just sort of just yeah, excited might be the wrong word. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's sort of it's interesting because it's it's kind of redirected my focus a bit because now I'm like, oh, OK, so where I've tried to sort of fit into a neurotypical world and it's quite difficult. What can I do to make the world more friendly for because I've got a strong suspicion it's massively undiagnosed because now that I know the the signs of it I'm seeing it all over the place I'm like this is I can see people experiencing the same thing that I have and I've been posting quite a lot on Facebook sort of kind of like every day or so just posting like one section of it so like yesterday I did um, sensory overload and kind of explained the experience and so it's interesting some of my friends saying like oh this sounds really familiar to something that happens to me and other people being like oh wow I had no idea that that's what it was like so it's sort of I think it's helping maybe some other people realize that they may might maybe and also just helping more neurotypical people understand what the experience is actually like yeah definitely raising yeah. some awareness as well and tom what so what would you say with with your sensory processing would you say you you sort of have a lot of difficulty processing more that it's because i think i fall under sort of like the hypersensitivity sensitivity so like the way i described it on on the facebook post was that it's like all my senses are turned up to 11 so it's sort of like the world's too bright, too loud, too smelly and too sharp. So it's sort of like I'm really fussy about fabric. Like I have to have very soft fabric. Otherwise it feels like I'm wearing sandpaper. Yeah. Or like I will wear sunglasses everywhere because it's just even kind of very tolerable. Like for other people it's too bright for me. And like my sense of smell is very intense. So it's like my girlfriend's found me like pulling kitchen cabinets out because I'm trying to find the source of a smell that I can find. I can smell so it's sort of it's just very <laughs> overwhelming and like my hearing as well like I got diagnosed with hyperacusis a couple of years ago which sort of then ties neatly into the yeah. autism diagnosis and you just sort of oh I describe it as you're walking down the street you can hear every individual car tire you can hear the car engine you know what revs the cars at you know what position the foot is you know what gear is and it's sort of but that's for every car and then if anyone's walking past you you hear individual footsteps if there's like a a big load of leaves blows past you just hear every single individual leaf so you're just constantly bombarded by this quite intense sensory information so it's yeah yeah i think i I think our children would describe it because they done an episode um, a few weeks back and they described people with autism as being superheroes um and just listening to you right now you know how you're talking about the hearing and stuff that's really how it sounds like remember the Daredevil film that came out a while ago, and it's yes, but like and there's a scene where senses. he first gets his hearing. Yes. That's kind of what it's like. It's like that intense. Like you can just hear everything, and it, all the volumes mm. turned up as well. So you can sort of 
you know if you're sitting in a room you can hear all the different electrical hums of plugs yeah, yeah. like the slightest noise you, there's no filter do you feel like people sometimes might misunderstand you you know because you described um the sun being too bright so you're wearing the glasses but do you think that some people might think oh such a diva probably <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know, yeah i kind of like i always like i always just dressed in black and tried to blend in everywhere and it's kind of i think because of a fear of that but one thing that i've kind of really learned to overcome is worrying about what people think so in the sort yes. of so i came out as bi recently as well so it's sort of and that was a massive hang-up for me because i i was worried about what people would think about me but then i've kind of recently got past worrying about that and just kind of like well I just embrace myself and if other yeah. people like that great and if they don't I don't have to care when you was at school you said you was bullied did you feel at school you were different to the other children yeah like I was always a bit of a weird kid and I've actually had ear surgery at the beginning of last year to have my ears swept back because I they used to stick out so I was kind of like this slightly weird slightly effeminate kid with big ears and like big woodland creature eyes and it just made me and I was I was quite, quite like I just had no self-confidence as well so I just sort of and like bullies can pick up on that as well they know who's a good target so it's just sort of and I yeah I, I knew I didn't fit in like I was just weird and like I was I didn't care about sports or anything that anyone else cared about and struggled to make like I made I made some really good friends in year 10 and that kind of turned my teenage years around yeah, because Christelle and I was saying that uh, obviously we're all the same age and when we was at school, we didn't ever, you didn't say, oh yeah, that's so-and-so in our class, he's autistic. Do you know what I mean? That wasn't a thing back in 90s and, you know, the beginning of the, the noughties, was it? Like there wasn't that awareness. Like if someone was autistic at school, they would be the completely socially isolated weird kid. Like if people knew someone was autistic, they would be they wouldn't get bullied, but they would be completely socially excluded. And what, so what now, Tom, this, you know, this is your start of your journey, really, in a way, even though you've always had autism, obviously. But what now, going further, you, you mean, you've, your girlfriend, how has she been supporting you with this? She's been brilliant. Yeah, she's just completely, I mean, if you, if you watch her, her cooking show, you'll get a vibe for her, but she's just like totally cool with it. Yeah. And did she have a feeling that maybe you was autistic? No, not at all. Like when no. I told her, because I started looking looking into it, and I was like, I think this might be the case. And she's like, I don't see it. But and yeah, it wasn't until it was sort of, I went through the, I mean, I've gone through like this initial assessment and it's, you know, scored quite highly <laughs> on whatever they, they score you on. So it's, like, it's very obvious that it is. And now I'm going through the next sort of expensive process of just making it official, which is just much more in depth. But so once I kind of started going through the process and it became very apparent, then she was like, oh, OK, yeah. And is is there any help that is offered to adults with autism? Because I know there's a lot that they offer like children that are in schools, um, but I, don't, I haven't heard of any that are offered to adults. I'm not sure, to be honest. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, Is there any sort of like support groups and things like that? I mean, I come across you on a london autism support group wasn't it as, that seems that... much more like parent focused like i think it's more yeah. parents with sort of but that's one of the only because i had a look on facebook and that's one of the only groups that really came up so i'm not sure the reddit community actually there's a couple of autism subreddits that are quite active you could start one tom <laughs> yeah well <laughs> that's, that's your... kind of i'm trying to bring a bit more awareness to it because it's 
like I, you know, went my whole life not knowing and it does make your life more difficult and it makes you wonder why you can't function. I'm just thinking that in terms of how you said before, how you worked in Sony, was it Sony you said? Yes. Yeah, um, and if it, if it, if it is something that you love to do, that you should be allowed to do it, but there should be measures in place to yeah. help people like yourselves um, to be able to live, you know, live the way you want to. So yeah, that's just what I'm thinking about. Yeah, I mean, it'd be good if they could have some flexibility about it. But I mean, I didn't know when I was at Sony, but they I mean, every year they do a sort of mental health thing, but it's also a big corporation. So I, you never know how much they actually care and whether it's lip service or not. But I mean, the Sony work environment's quite full on. Like I don't, don't really see being given many um, concessions, to be honest. Yeah. And what was it when you were working like a high intensity job like that? What was it now that you know that you're autistic that was kind of affecting you the most there i think it was the it was the commute and the just the office hours like when i was, I was gonna on, ask about the commute yeah. yeah when i was on set it was fine it didn't like i'm i'm really happy like being on set feels like home to me because it's so busy and chaotic and messy and i can see all the moving parts and i you know arrange it all so it's sort of i quite enjoy that but you spend more of the time just in the office and quite often there's nothing to do and i'm i'm not very good when I'm bored it just makes me stressed so I was just bored in an office with a sort of hour commute in someone's armpit on a tube every day and it just I just don't <laughs> deal with it anymore <laughs> yeah. yeah and I guess like with the noise as well because being so noisy like are the underground stations yeah I just wear I wear noise cancelling headphones everywhere <laughs> oh you have got yeah noise def- yeah. Like ear defender sort of type ones yeah yeah they're kind because they're Actually, I got them with my my Sony discount at Sony. But yeah, they're they're really good at cancelling out noise. And then so if you want to listen to music, you can and it's really clear. Or if you just wear them, it will just cancel out a lot of background noise. It just brings it all down to a bearable level. We need them in our house, Chriselle, just for our kids, I think. (laughs) To block our children out. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank you so much, Tom, for coming on and speaking to us. If we want to find you on Instagram, where can we find you? Uh, You can find me at Mischief Donovan with two s's or you can find me at tom watts dop that's brilliant thank you so much tom no at all thanks for having me bye thanks tom bye. bye that was tom come to speak to us about his diagnosis of autism at the age of 34 what did you think there christelle yeah i thought it was really interesting conversation because we've concentrated a lot on children being diagnosed at an early age um so being diagnosed as an adult must come as a shock because you know I said that he's led a fairly normal life and I didn't mean that he hasn't gone through anything or you know um hasn't faced challenges but I just meant that he's been able to sell through life until the you know, young age of 34 35 and now to be diagnosed with autism must be a shock but not a shock if you understand what I'm saying like he he now understands why he saw things in you know a certain perspective or differently to other people so very interesting um point of view to hear today what did you think Michelle yeah I really liked it when he was sort of when he sort of said you know that it was a relief and you can just imagine that can't you because we all like to google right this is like something that my husband's a bit like, oh, why do you why do you Google everything? Why do you Google everything? But then at least I know I can say, right, 
this is why this you know I've got a reason there for why I'm feeling like this I, I understand yeah but I'm not much of a googler you know not much of Are a googler because no do you know why because google scares me you type in what you know what you might think god I've got this throbbing pain in my finger yeah <laughs> type that in google yeah like three thousand things were, yeah like and I can't do all that then I start calling my, my doctor doctor will be like what do you want but like, I've got pain Still. in my finger I diagnose my own death at least seven times a day. I'm oh not my God, that's so morbid. Mish. Lord God. No, I don't. I don't anymore, but I did used to be terrible on that. Are you um, a hyper? What do they call them? What do they call them? No, 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 no. I don't. I just had like a moment of pure panic. Like, you know, you Google something small about the kids and then I see something. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, it must be that. And then, um, yeah. yeah. And go extreme words. And then I had to like, my husband's very good at saying, Michelle, think about it. And it's usually through pure lack of sleep that I get like that. It's like, say like in the middle of the night, because my youngest son has got sleep apnea. So he Mm. just like stops breathing in his sleep. Um, And then he does big gasps. So if I'm sort of up with him and then I'm listening to him breathing and you know what he gets and you're tired those early yeah. hours of the morning and your brain just starts going over time and then that's it that's it I'm just lost that's it I'm in a state and then I wake up in the morning thinking oh my god look at my search history like what was I searching <laughs> oh my gosh I know it's it is scary don't be a google doctor <laughs> yep we are quitting google oh Christelle, it's been a good laugh this week next week where will it take us we are meeting so many wonderful people and uh just embracing now that we've hit 6k downloads being on this show. That's so amazing. It is indeed. So we were so, just talking about it the other day, wasn't we? About hitting the 6k. Yep. And then and here we are. And here we are. Yeah. So thank you very much for your support. You can find us on Instagram at Let's Talk Autism Podcast. And you can Where find else? Us Where else can they find us, Mish? On Twitter. And Christelle is gonna um find And uh, also where? Facebook? Oh, on Facebook. Yeah, big fancy Facebook page. Yeah, and, let's talk autism. And, and Christelle we're is thinking. Christelle is on our way developing TikTok. We might be a little bit TikTok. old for this. Uh, <laughs> TikTok is really fun. But if we have any of our listeners that are on TikTok, please let us know. Let us know whether we should join the TikTok revolution. Yes, that's the word. You took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> I'm not doing any of those daft dances though, Christelle. Jesus, I've got two left feet. <laughs> That'd be fun to see. If you want to see Michelle dance on TikTok, please let us know. I'll have to have a couple of drinks first. Right. <laughs> any excuse, <Yeah>. any excuse. <laughs> right, everyone, that is it. That's another week. Speak to you soon. Bye. Bye.